This is Quit. It's a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's Friday. It's always Friday somewhere. 5.33 p.m. <laughs> it's always Friday somewhere. Eastern Time. June 19th, 2015. What's going on? What's happening? Notice I referred to the show as Quit, not Grit, and that was intentional. 512-518-5714 is the number to dial. Let me say that again. 512-518-5714. Call us there and we can talk. It's been a little while. What is it with you, Dan, calling the show quit? And then grit? I thought we ch- That's the voice of Haddock. Haddock, you're not going to uh, take over the show, are you? No. Definitely not. Not. Hattie Cook, welcome to the show. Been a while since we've done this show, and uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. One of them, not that it matters. One of them is that I had a lot of I had a lot of crap to do around here. I'm the only person that does it. Hattie has her own You're crap the only to do. One? You have your own crap to do. And so let's be honest. It sucks when you, as a listener, want to invest your time into something. You want to come in and you want to spend time. You're going to invest yourself in a show. You're going to invest in something you care about. And to have it not show up, that pisses you off and you should be pissed off. In fact, it makes you say, you know what? Screw that. Screw Dan. Screw 5 by 5 and screw that show. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. Uh, Yeah, it helped me. It was really nice when it was helpful. But now it's not here anymore. I'm not going to tune in for something that I can't count on. People count on me, you tell yourself. They count on me. I show up. Dan didn't show up. He didn't do the show. Screw him. Screw the show. Well, you know what? You're right, and you're entitled to feel that way. And it's not like I came on the show and I said, you know what, guys? We're going to have some inconsistent recording times for a little while, and I don't know where I'm going to I didn't say anything. I just stopped doing it which uh, is not good. And so I would like to offer an apology to you for doing that. Part of what I want to do here is I want to help people. Part of what I want to do here is help be a voice that inspires people to change the things that they don't like in their life or that they don't like in their career and be an inspiration for positive change in the world. But I want to. I really do want to do that in some way. And as I'm sitting there not doing the show, because I'm doing these other things, which I'll tell you about. As I'm sitting there not doing the show, I get emails from people who are saying, what, ha- what happened to the show? The show was helpful to me. What happened to it? Where did it go? Or just stories from people who said, you know, I was, I, I was listening to uh, Quit or Grit. I listened to such such an episode where you talked to such such a person and it was really cool and it helped me. What happened to the show? And then you get the the real jerk. This is the worst. And Hattie, I know you know what I'm about mm-hmm. to talk about. Yeah. Because I've been complaining about this for a while. One guy, I'm not going to even call him out. One guy 
he comes out and he, he, he tweets me. And this is, the, this is the tweet that if you're a podcaster, if you've made something new, and you, you, you let it go, you don't keep up with it, drop your end of the bargain like I did here by not coming out and saying, hey, I'm going to be taking a break from the show. I don't know how long. If I just done that, I think people would have been all right with it. But then eventually you get, you get a tweet from someone that's like, is, is Grid dead? Or I guess Grid's dead. Well, or sucks that Grid's dead. Yeah. <laughs> sucks that it's gone now. Nothing good there anymore. Well, what that person's really saying, if you get to, to the bottom of it is, you used to do this thing that I liked and you're not doing it and that makes me sad and I'm turning my sadness into anger and I'm expressing my anger at you over the internet where I get to be a Viking. <laughs> and that's it. You know, it's, it's a Ralph Wiggum's famous quote from The Simpsons. It's, oh, sleep, that's where I'm a Viking. Well, the internet's where the rest of us are Vikings. We get to say and do whatever the heck we want to do. No consequences because you're big and bad over the internet. There used to be somebody that used to listen to all of the shows that I used to do, and they would come. They would send terrible emails to me afterwards. You ruined the show. Here's how you ruined the show. Here's ten ways you just ruined the show. Here's ten ways that you you know made the show unlistenable. Usually more than ten. It sounded like they were they were sitting there listening to the show and typing the email at the same time. <laughs> And I would get second this like clockwork second. every week. I said, well, stop listening then. Stop listening if you don't like it. You know, my goal was always to try and befriend these people. And I'm, I'm working on a point here. To try and befriend these people. And, and, you know, clearly they're upset about something. And they're directing it at me correctly or incorrectly. They're directing it at me. But I can also hopefully become that person that helps them maybe redirect that into something positive or into something different. And we're sitting there at our jobs and we're plagued by this all the time. Somebody comes over and they act, they act like a jerk to you for some reason. You're like, well, what did I do to deserve that? Well, maybe you did something. Maybe you didn't do anything, but maybe you did something. Maybe they're just having a bad day. I had to take my wife's car to get new tires on that car. 800 something bucks to get these Michelins that are supposed to be safer and stop better and be better handling in the rain. You know, my kids are in that car. So I don't, I find 800 bucks to make my kids safer. Hopefully that it's worth it. Hopefully they never need it. But I went into this, this place, this tire place and bought these tires and every single person in there, every single person in there, was over the top. It was phony. I'm not going to lie and think that these people are my friends. It was over the top, phony, friendly. But you know what? It was incredibly courteous. Every single mm-hmm. one of them said, "How do you drove me there?" So you got to hear yep. some of this. I got to be to be there. Save me from waiting three hours to get tires on my car. Thank you. Well, it was. But do you remember how these people were on there? How nice well, they were. They weren't phone. When you say phony, I think of like salesmen. Hey, welcome to the. Zen. What right? It wasn't like it that. It wasn't like that. It was. It was like, hello, sir. Yes, let me give me one second. It was a I'll little cheesier. Than it, it was a, a little, little cheesier, cheesier. But but it was. It's for maybe. But it was I just liked I it. To I want to be clear. Believe it. I liked it. It it was 
refreshing is I think the word that you're looking it for. Was, it was so nice to not deal with someone else's attitude. Exemplary customer service. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we don't know what kind of day these people are having. And you know what? These guys, and I say guys, it was all guys. It was all dudes. We don't know what kind of day they're having. They sure know that my day's not good. If I'm in their store at all, I'm already having a bad day because it means either right. I have a flat or I need no living human. For those of you in the UK with your walking everywhere, we have to have tires on our cars here in the United States because we drive everywhere. For better or for worse, probably for worse, we drive everywhere. Sorry we're not in France. Or they walk everywhere and ride their bikes. Well, they, we're they in America. Bike, yeah. We're in America and we drive. I'm sorry, but this is what we do. When you need to get new tires, that's the last thing any living human or American ever wants to spend their money on. We do not want to spend money on tires. And they're not cheap. They're hundreds of dollars per tire if you get the good ones. And you want to get the good ones because they're safer. So you go in there, and these people are over-the-top nice. Hello, sir. Welcome, sir. Oh, hold on. Let me introduce you to uh, Maxwell. He's going to be helping you out. Maxwell, hey, how are you? Do, should we go out and take a look at your car and talk about what you need? I said, well, actually, I called ahead of time, and uh, this is the tie. I told you the tire that I, I wanted to get, and you said you, you had him for an 1145 appointment. Oh, hold on. Let me pull you up in the computer. Yeah, here you go. Tires are ready. You got an appointment. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, I got to take a couple things off the car. Do you want to walk with me or you want to wait here? You he didn't have to be nice. He could be a total jerk. But he, he was nice. Everybody at this place was nice. He did not stand out. None of those people stood out. They were all equally over the top nice. And I loved it. I loved it because it never happens anywhere else. The only other place. Remember that, you know, there was that time ho- I had to hotels, do. Hotels, they're kind of like that. Yeah, well, kind of. Well, welcome. Kind Ms. of. Ms. Cook. This was Hi. better. This was better than a hotel. This was like the hotel I stayed so? in in Korea. Really? Where they, where they, like, everybody wore the white gloves and, like, they remember your name after the first time you check in. Everyone remembers your name. That was amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, I was, like, the only white guy there. But still, like, everyone remembered everyone's names. It was great. And you feel like you're being treated nicely. And when I walk back in, the guy recognized me. He says, oh, I'll have the car ready for you to go. Remembered who I was. He probably sees, you know, the thing on the set said they're selling 500 tires a month in this place. Oh, yeah, I saw that sign too. You know? And yet he remembered my face, at least in which car I was. That's nice. That little extra goes such a long way. How are you going to do that in your job? How are you going to make that part of your job? Because people, will re- I remember the guy. And you know what? When it's time to get car- tires on my other car, I'll go back there. It's not a convenient location, but I'll go back there. Because they they treated me in a way that I didn't associate with me personally in any way. This is not about me. Right. This is just everyone got treated I really think, nicely. It was great. I think it was. What like- happened to this? What happened to the world that we live in where everybody's a, uh, uh, you know, everybody's a, a, a jerk. You're going into their store buying something from them and they're, they could care less that you're even in there. I think it was like a company wide thing where they're like, 
this is the attitude that we're going to have yeah. in this thing. And if you don't like that, then you shouldn't work right, here. Right, you don't work here. I think that it's like, this is the standard that we're setting for our employees. We're just a tire place. But to us, it, it matters. And so we're going to do that. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. I like that someone higher up cared enough that like... You know, like you just said, if you're there, you're already having a bad day. Right. So why not have everyone be in a really nice mood? Right. To it you was great. It was there. the best thing. It was the best thing in the whole world. And again, like, was it genuine? I don't know. There's something to be said. And I've said this a million times on this show when I talked about how, how you dress, even when you work from home, how you dress. There's something to be said for smiling. There's something to be said for carrying yourself and making sure your posture is, you know, as tall as it can be. You look nice. You're wearing a nice shirt. You remembered to put shoes on. When I used to work from home for the longest time, I'd be sitting there in sweatpants and a t-shirt. And I, I'll tell you the truth about something. I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of it. Some mornings, I would get up, get coffee. Go and sit in front of that computer. And it'd be noon. Six hours after I woke up. Before I would get changed and put clothes on. Is it gross? Is it unsanitary? No. It's not unsanitary. It's not gross. But I'll tell you what. There's a huge difference in the way that you feel mentally. When you clean yourself up a little bit and get dressed. I'm not saying put on a suit. And I knew a guy, I've told this story before too. He used to put on a suit and tie to sit down at his desk at home in his New York apartment and write. But he wrote a book. What have you written? He published a book. What have you published? He made money as a writer and he loved it. What have you made money doing that you love? Is the answer putting on a suit and tie in your apartment? Maybe. For him, it was. When he told me that, I kind of laughed. And he said, why are you laughing? It makes a big difference for me. That made me think. And I said, so, you know, I was talking to, to Merlin Mann on uh, Back to Work two weeks ago when I was delirious with a fever. You were pretty delirious. I was. And one of the things I said was the impo- talking about the importance of communicating with, with real people in the world. And I made some comments about it saying, you know what? People should be making phone calls. They should be going out. They should be out in the world. And I got some negative feedback. I've got a bunch of people who said, thank you for saying that, Dan. It's, it's so true in the world, the way the world is today. We've lost touch with other people. We've let these weird, false digital substitutions for relationships, texts replace human interaction, human communication. That was the nice stuff that I heard. The negative stuff was, hey, I have social anxiety. I can't go out in the world. Text is the only way I can communicate with people. How dare you say that that's not uh, right? How dare you criticize me for using this form of communication that I can use? It's my lifeline to the world. Or other people who said, listen, I'm, I'm on the spectrum, you know, or my kid's on the spectrum. And if it wasn't for texting, we wouldn't communicate at all. I wasn't talking about those people, so I'm sorry if that offended you. And I said that on Back to Work also. But I want you to think about that, the getting out into the world, being out in the world where human beings are. 
if if you don't have any legitimate reasons why you can't be and you're choosing to just isolate yourself, you're missing out on the world. And for years and years and years, I used to work from home. I said, God, I never want to go to an office again. Offices suck. Well, most offices do suck. The corporate stooges out there make them suck. Open office. We have an open office now. Hattie, I'll tell you what. We have an open office now, and I hate it. You don't like it? I hate it. I like it. Well, you like it because I'm just so cool. Well, yeah, but also I like Good to answer. be able to turn and, and, and interrupt me the minute when I'm sitting there. See, Heidi I, will I have a full conversation with me. And then you'll say you'll turn very slowly with your eyes closed and your eyebrows raised and you'll say, what? And you've been talking for 10 minutes. Yes. See, that's the plus of having kids is that I can ignore almost any human thing. I know you're go- really good at it. I don't even hear it. <laughs> you're just in there. You're talking, 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 talking. I'm like, hmm, what? But I don't like it. I don't. I'm not saying that I want a separate office and a separate door. I don't like. But see, but I, I would like house with no closed doors. No, I think that's a good thing at home. But there's times when I want to write something or I want to think about something or I'm trying to solve a problem. Where I don't want to hear anything. So I shouldn't say I hate it. I like it because it doesn't it does encourage conversation. It does encourage openness. Any employee in this company, any employee in this company can walk right up to me <laughs> and and speak to me. They don't have to go through anybody else. All all three. Yeah. That's an I call it an open door policy. I invented yeah. it. Maggie's asking if she should stick around to edit quit. Yes, I want her to. Can if she has time. Yes, if she if she Yes, can if she has wants. time. And since you've thoroughly interrupted my train of thought, let me tell you about our first sponsor. It's <laughs> JustWorks. If you want to grow your business and not your busy work, use JustWorks. These guys are great. I want to tell you this. Listen to this spot. Don't you dare fast forward through this. Don't you dare. <laughs> JustWorks takes care of all your benefits, payroll, and HR. And it was created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs, for you. Because running a successful business is hard, okay? Little details. Little details. You get these employees, they want, they want, they want, and want this, I want benefits, I want time off, I want unemployment insurance, I want a company dashboard, I want automatic tax calculation. Well, guess what? They're entitled to this. And if you don't offer it, they might just go to work somewhere else. You have to treat your employees as if you care about the things that they want. You have to pretend. You have to pretend that you care if they're happy and not right. just productive robots. <laughs> just works will make it seem like you care. You know what, Hattie? They're going to have to run with this. I'm just an idea guy. But I make like a it. note. Send this over to them. Just works. We make it seem like you care about your employees. I send that to them in an I'm email. And see if they right approve now. of that. They could put that right on the site under the logo. <laughs> I think that's perfect. You're going to get 15% off your first year when you visit justworks.com slash grit see the show's called quit i need to finish my point yeah but that's fine grit works justworks.com slash grit and you will get 15 percent off your first year they handle everything you sign up there takes three minutes to sign up they handle all that dental insurance 401k pay direct deposit i mean they do it all justworks.com slash grit Support the show. You like the show so much? You're one of the people that uh, moaned when I stopped doing it? This is how you keep it going. I, if JustWorks contacts me and is like, whoa, my God. Th- 
We've never had a turnout like this for a sponsorship. We've never had this much traffic. Then I'll know you guys are serious about it. 512-518-5714. I'm going to take some calls in a second. But I want to, I want to address one more thing. About, uh, uh, You're talking uh, about open offices. Open office. I don't care about Open office is bad. That's it. <laughs> End point. There was a person who tweeted to me. I'm looking for this. It was, uh, I think it was this morning. I want to read it correctly. You talk about people on the internet, big bad people on the internet. And I had, a, I had what, what I guess we'd call a uh, communique with uh, someone here on Twitter. And scrolling to try and find it. This I'll is find it for you while you talk. Not the mean guy. Oh. The other guy that I, that I turned into a friend. Oh, that was um, Julian. No. That's what you told me this morning. Yes. That's this not him. Okay, here. Julian. Do you know Julian? Have we met him or something? He's a longtime fan. He had the uh, Daft Punk helmet as his avatar for like. Well, ever that's why I don't recognize him. Now he's a real yes, person. I know. Congratulations to Julian for being a real person. Listen, I see you guys and hanging up. Baby, Listen, if you just hung up on the, if you just dialed in and you just hung up, I'm watching you. You call back right now and I'll take your call first if you're the one that just hung up. Julian tweeted me and he said, it'd be great if there were a page with a list of all current sponsors and codes deals. I couldn't find what I needed. And so I tweeted back to him. And I said, well, they vary by show. I said, it's not possible because every show has different sponsors, different codes, everything. I said, did you glance at the episode page? I said, you can always also ask me here. And he said, I did. They may not be a current sponsor, but just a list of the current sponsors by show would be cool. And, and I, said, I said, I said, I agree. Would you be willing to help maintain that? Because you know why? Because it's just me and Hattie here at 5x5. Five five. We're working 12-hour days. I would love to have what he suggested. This is not possible, right? You run your own business. You do everything you can do to keep it running. At the end of the day, you know, you think of a million things at the end of the day that you wish you could just keep doing. I wish I could have done that. Man, I got to try and do that tomorrow. I, I want to do that. Oh, I want to make these special videos for the Patreon uh, people. Keeping us, keep paying our rent, literally. I want to do more for them. I want to thank them. I want to make these, this awesome video. I have this great idea for it. And you come in, you got 100 emails to answer. And then it's showtime. You have to eat sometime. Sometimes I don't eat, get to eat till two. I'm not complaining. And he says, well, I assumed, I assumed the info was entered into the, the uh, database, the show database, so it was just a different query. <laughs> and then we were like, query? That's Hattie typing. Right. <laughs> and I said, I said... I said, I know. I said, but we're manually entering each sponsor and promo code into the episode's description. And he said, I love you both and you've earned my $2 yet again this month. At the end of the day, he didn't get what he wanted, which is a nice little way for him to easily find the codes for the shows that he wants to support by using our codes. And I didn't give him what he wanted, but I talked to him. Because I respected his opinion. And I told him, you know what? You're right. That would be good. I want that too. We should have that. I want it too. I want to be able to do that. There's so much I would like to be able to do that we don't get time to do in a day. I bet you feel the same way at your job too, right? If you care about it. If you're not just showing up. You're not just showing up. 
So I tweeted that at the same time, I tweeted that the show's going to be called Quit Again instead of Grit. And I asked this a few weeks ago or maybe a week ago when I was kind of sick and delirious. And I said, what, what did you like better? I actually asked if I should just quit doing the show altogether and just can it. People said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. That was my favorite show on 5 by 5 That was my favorite show. This is their favorite show. And they all said, you know what, but I liked it more when it was quit. A lot of people said that. And I said, what do you, it's the same show, just a different name. They said, no. Grit is more aspirational and nice. And I liked Angry Dan. They love Angry Dan. And I said, well, I'm not angry. I wasn't angry before. Like, yeah, you were. I said, okay, yeah, I was. I was angry. Most of the time I was Addy, angry at, at Hattie. Yep. So all I had to do was get angry at Hattie again. There you go. I did, I did it for you guys so that you could have an amazing show. What could I possibly be angry at, at her about? <laughs> so I have to fabricate things now. Like, look at the way your headphones are on. Yeah, you're like, like, ugh, you're slouchy. Yeah, look at the way your posture is. Terrible. <laughs> so now I'm angry. See, now I can do a show. Yep. No, I wanted to call it quit because really that is the emphasis of the show. It's about stopping the things. It's about smoking cessation. It's about stopping <laughs> the things that you're doing in your life that suck. It doesn't have to be your job. Yeah. It doesn't have to be work-related, career-related. It could be anything. Some people had to have been on hold for an hour, but this one is the same number on hold twice. How <laughs> is that strange. possible? I'm trying to take this call. And that went away. I saw one of these calls drop. Somebody was on call hold back. and hung up. And shame on you. I wrote down your phone number. I'm going to call you tonight at 2 a.m. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Hello. Hi. What's your name? I'm Phil. Hi, Phil. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So I'll get to the point. I'm struggling. What's going on with you? So I work a, uh, a help desk job at a giant multinational furniture company that you might be familiar with. And uh, I'm trying to do a side thing simultaneously. Okay. Uh, not IT related, uh, carpentry and lamp making and things like that. Okay. And I'm having a lot of trouble separating the stress and frustration of my daytime job and home. And no matter how hard I try, and I've made a bunch of notes for myself because I didn't want this to turn into a reason of excuses why I can't do it. But I've, uh, I do succeed for short periods of time and can separate it and be a drone at work. And then it always comes back where I care about what I do at work in my day job. And it always comes flooding back and I keep trying to do a good job there. And the frustration and stress of doing a good job there always spills over and then smothers anything that I want to be doing at home, going into the garage and working. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Let let me make sure. So by day you work at a, a corporate stooge job that's sucking your life away. And sucking your soul out of your body. And you hate it. And in order to do a good job at your job, you have to give it your all, even though you hate it. And then you come home and you're like, I don't feel like going in the garage and building something cool. I don't want to make something beautiful right now. I want to destroy something. (laughs) Do I have it right? 
90%. I don't hate my day job. I still enjoy it. And that's why I care so much because everyone else is doing a terrible job. So I end up feeling like if I don't get it done, then it'll all fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I think you're in a, you're in a situation. A lot of people are in, and I think a lot of people, maybe they're not in it so much that they get home and they want to do that other side project or they want to do that other business as much as maybe they're, they don't have the energy that they would like to have left for their family or for their friends or for whatever pursuits used to make them happy but don't anymore, right? Like you get, you, you, you're stuck doing something that maybe, like you say, you don't hate, right? But it takes it still takes all of that energy. Very rarely do we have a job that we can really just coast in. And I've had jobs like that where you can just really get by with just a few hours a day, but you're still, you're still in the workplace. Like you're still there physically doing stuff, interacting with people, being awake and alert and walking or sitting and typing and lifting things like you're doing something. And why is it though that you feel like you, you can't still do the thing that you want to do at the end of the day? Is it because you, you don't, you feel uninspired, you feel tired, your mind is weary. What's, what's the problem? How about all of them? I mean, you know, it's one of those things where the stress come home and then it's just, you know, that time to unwind, there isn't much, you know, get home like five or six. And then there's only so much time that I can turn a table saw on before the neighbors start calling the cops. So, (laughs) you know, it's only so many hours that I get. And by the time I'm ready to actually get up and get moving, then, you know, it's too late. And then a uh, single father with a daughter who's eight and you know how eight year olds can suck up energy and time. So I'm always taking care of her and drop her off at school, grocery store. So it, uh, it all kind of compiles. And like I said, I didn't want this to turn into a reason of excuses, but you know, I'm trying to like figure out how I can not bring that stress home and not, and still have that energy at five o'clock and, also not be a drone. Right. It's like you get home and instead of your time making things being relaxing, you now have to have relaxing time that's separate from making the things instead of it being a combined thing. Totally, totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, I I, I get it too. Cause like I get home, thank God, like it's summer right now because I'm finally getting a break from taking my kid to school. That was killing me. It was killing me. Most of the reason I'm able to do this show at 5 p.m. is because I'm not having to wake up and, and be at the school with my kid at 7.15. That was just killing me. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly what you're talking about. Where, you know, you give all of your time and energy and focus to this thing during the day, which if you're lucky, you don't hate. In my case, I, I like a lot of it. And then you get home and you know what? There's your kid looking at you. Or there's your spouse looking at you. And you're not going to ignore them. Or if you do, you know, then that, that's another choice you can make, I guess. But you, you don't want to ignore your, your kids, especially. So you give them everything until they go to bed at, what, 8, 9? And now it's like 8 or 9 o'clock, and you've probably been up since 7? These people, and uh, no offense, Hattie, but these people in their 20s who, who say the, that they're tired, I'm not saying there's nobody in their 20s who are tired. I'm not saying that. I'm sure there's a couple 20-year-olds who are tired. Can I be one of them? You could be one of them. Okay. 
But but like tired is being in your 40s and having lots of kids and a job or a business and this, that, and the other thing. And you know, I could complain about that all day, but I'm not, uh, I'm not into complaining. But that feeling of just like, I've given my all to this job and then I gave my all to, to these human beings who love me and who I love. And now like, I just am not going to pick up the bandsaw right now. You know, I'm not just going to go and do this. And, and, and here's what's worse than that, Phil. What's worse than that is when you feel that way about your job too. When there are things that used to make you happy at your job or that you used to like doing or that were the reason that you got into your job. And now those things just make you feel tired when you think about them. When you think to yourself, oh yeah, I'm going to go do that thing. Oh, I don't even want to do that thing. And you feel like that at home and you feel like that at work. So are you worried that you're losing the passion for is it woodworking that you're doing? You're building furniture? Well, a little bit of that. And then I actually started it as a lighting business. And last year I had pretty decent sales and had it going for a little while. And then changes at work turned things more stressful. And then I haven't done anything since November. Uh, the only sales I've had on Etsy and things like that have been kind of, I think, happened by and bought something. But I haven't been pushing it. Um, so it, it's not necessarily the passion, but it's just, you know, again, all that time, like I know I need to redo the page and I need to redo the website. And so I have this ridiculously long list of things that I know I need to do, but you just don't have the end started on them. Yeah. Them. You just, you just know that yeah. if you start it, you won't get it done and it, it's just going to take forever. And, and uh, yeah. Okay. So I have some solutions for you. The first thing that I have though, for you is a question. And that is if I told you today, if I told you right now that you could do this lighting thing and make a full-time living doing it, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I'm saying like you could give it a go. Would your family be supportive of that? Would they say, yeah, Phil, you, I'm behind you. Quit your job and do this thing. Yes and no. It all depends. Again, single father, daughter, insurance, you know how that goes. Yeah. So that's what's keeping me from jumping off because it's like, well, somebody's got to pay for her everything. That's tough. I mean, it's, I'm not going to like joke with you. It's, it's got to be yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's frustrating. I mean, again, in my, the back of my mind, five to 10 years, I'd like, I would totally quit and do this full time because I, I think I have enough ideas in a sketchbook. I have enough ideas in my head. What do you think stopped the, the sales from happening? The fact that you were busy or the fact that you weren't pursuing new sales or the fact that you weren't updating the stuff or putting new stuff on Etsy or what? That I wasn't pursuing it. I, I used to go to like, you know, local craft fairs and local uh, flea markets and things like that. The hipster flea markets, the punk rock flea markets. And just with work and everything, I stopped pursuing that and stopped going to the last one, like I said, was in November that I went to. And then haven't, I don't know what happened, but just haven't, haven't looked for a while online. And like, I know that's a big key part of it is I need to be out there. I need to be going to those things. Etsy's not like the end all be all of sales. Right. So. What is your Etsy name? We'll put it in the we'll, show notes. We'll pimp it. Even though you're not selling it. Right. <laughs> no, it's, there's still things up there. It's uh Conchi upcycle, C-O-N-S-H-Y. And then the word upcycle.com. And that takes 
you to the website, and then there's a shop button that leads to there Etsy. There we are. Okay, let me ask you a question, Phil. Is your daughter into this stuff? Yes. Okay, what if you took some of the time that you have that you're spending with your daughter and worked with her and had her be a part of this stuff that, that you're doing? So when you do this lighting stuff that you're making, oh, very cool, look at that. That's some cool stuff. Hattie's turned her laptop around and is showing me. What if, what if like part of one of the things that you guys did together was like, hey, sweetie, let's go and build some new light. What ideas do you have? Well, maybe, you know, let's build one you come up with and have her be a part of it and have her interact with you so that, so that, you know, one or two of the 10, 12 hours that you're going to spend with her on the weekend or, you know, 30 minutes of the three or four hours that you'll have with her in the evening could be about doing something like this together and then you'll be inspired to do it because you'll be doing it with her. It'll be a fun activity that you guys can do together and uh, and, and you get to, you know, re-experience the world through the joy of your daughter. Yeah. I mean, it, it, listen, if you're passionate about something, then it's it'll be hard for you to not do it and you'll start getting angry and resentful toward the job that you don't hate because it's now keeping you from doing this thing that you really want to be doing, right? Now, I bet you that if all yeah. if you if you just snapped your fingers and all of a sudden you had a thousand items for sale on Etsy and you were selling a thousand of them every month and you were making you know the same money that you're making now or more so that you could buy insurance and insurance is expensive. It'll probably cost you a thousand dollars a month to get insurance for that for you guys. So uh, you know, add add twelve k minimum to what whatever it is you're making. If you could make that there, would you, would you want to do this thing full-time? Would you do it full-time? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So then you can't give up. You can't give up. You've got to push through that feeling. And I'm not saying, you know, and here, this is going to sound terrible, right? But at work, you're going to have to take a step back and you're going to have to make a conscious decision to do exactly what is expected of you and no more. And that's terrible advice. Because everybody, every employer wants the most out of their employees. Every employer wants to know that they're not just doing just what they need to get by. They're doing above and beyond. But it sounds like you've been doing above and beyond and it's sapping your life force. So at some point, you're going to have to say, I want to give this a go. If you, what would happen if you re, just did, and I'm going to say do this for three months, 90 days. Do just what is necessary and let everything else roll off your back like a, like a water off a duck's back. Let everything else go. Clock in, clock out. Do what you need to do. Be happy. Don't be a jerk. But be happy. Go through your day. Do what you need to do and save just enough so that you can come home and do this thing, whether it's with your daughter or on your own or you want to do it on the weekends, whatever it is. But prioritize it. You're not a bad person to prioritize your own stuff sometimes. You know, as parents, it's so easy to, well, you know what? I'm a bad dad if I don't put my kids first all the time. If what if I don't look at what my kids want and put them first, I'm a terrible parent. I'm a neglectful parent. I'm a selfish person. That's not true. Everybody needs, you know what? Maybe it's an hour a week. Maybe it's five hours a week. I don't know what the right number is for you. But you know, something I always think about, they tell you on an airplane, 
If your airplane starts crashing, going down, who are you supposed to put the oxygen mask on? Your kid or you? Oh, of course, my kid first. I got to save my kids. No. Of course, you want to save your kids. You put it on yourself first. Because if you pass out, who's going to put it on your kids? Yeah. Your kid can go without oxygen for the 15 seconds it's going to take you to figure out how to put this mask on yourself. Then you put it on them. They might be unconscious, but they're going to be alive. But you're trying to put it on them. You're not. First of all, you're not going to get the mask on them, and you're definitely not going to get it on yourself. You put it on yourself first. I remember when I was a kid and I first saw them, like, that sounds terrible. Don't you want to save the, the kids? Mom, dad, I want you to save me. Yep. Uh, can you please put the mask on me? <laughs> but no, you put it on yourself, then you put it on them. You're no good to them if you don't have your oxygen, right? So if part of what's going to heal you as a human being and let you move forward and make a better life for yourself that make you happy, you'll make a better life for your kids if you're happy too. So like you've got to be willing to take that time and and make it happen. And also maybe what you love isn't as draining as you think it might be even when you are tired. You know, maybe it like will Like if you actually, can push through it. Well, you know, a lot of very creative people you'll hear them say like I was I did it even when I didn't want to do it. I you know, or like uh, athletes, I ran and trained and surfed and skied even when I didn't want to, but right. they still love it and doing those things actually energize them more. So right. Like I said, it might be not as draining as you might think. So, Phil, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't be making these lights, Phil. Maybe your heart's not in it. Maybe you're not cut out for it. <laughs> maybe you should just quit. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think you can do it. Does that make you angry? Like, does that make you feel yeah. like, no, Danny, I can do it? Well, then go do it, man. I gotta let you go. I appreciate yeah, yeah. the call, but listen, I think you're gonna be all right. I. I yeah, think you're going to so be okay. Too. I think you just need to, 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 to not let, like, I know this is easier said than done, but just, you got to not let work be the thing that holds you back and, and, and brings you down. Do conserve what you need to energy. do, but conserve your energy. Mm-hmm. Put the oxygen mask on. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. Take care of yourself. Bye. He needs that. I'm not worried about him mug. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, we do need to do those mugs. Six months from now. He's going to call back and be like, Dan, I took your advice. And you know what? My Etsy store now does 20 grand a month. 20 grand a month he's making now. We, you know what we should start doing? All because of me. Is from the quit. I want to collect, uh, for people who take my advice and then go off to have a successful business, I think 1% one one is fair. 1%? Forever, for as long as they live. Or 5% because it's 5 by 5. And then- I will take 5% for 30 years. <laughs> Or one percent for their lo- the rest of their life. I think life. we should start tweeting people's pers- or links out on from the quit. Do Twitter it. Account. Twit. T- twit. Twit it out. <laughs> I don't have access to the quit. Twit, twit it out. You don't. No. How do you have a question for you? <laughs> what? When did shaving get so expensive? It is expensive. How much do you think a pack of razor blades costs? If 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 you if you I'm were out to right, razor now, blades right now, if you do you use the man or the woman? Man. Is it because your beard is just so thick? Yeah. I mean, you can't see Hattie because, you know, we're voices on the radio. But, but I'm giving Jim Dalrymple a run for yeah, money. Yeah, she's got a yeah. full-on, like, Santa Claus beard. It's gray, too, which is the weird part. Yeah. Well, salt and pepper, I guess you would say. Yeah. If you walked into a Walgreens or a Target or a Walmart or one of those stores, I don't know, wherever you shop, grocery store, 
and like picked up a pack of blades. They're going to cost you an arm and a leg. And the reality is they're not very good. They're not even that sharp. And this is all you get. And you know, half the time they're locked up in that case. You can't even buy them. Well, the guys who started Warby Parker, who make the best glasses I've ever owned. I remember back in the day, I used to go and buy sunglasses frames. Sunglasses frames. And I would pop out the lenses and I would take mm-hmm. them and I would get my prescription. Regular, not sunglasses, but just regular prescription because the frame choices were so bad. You know when I stopped doing that? When Warby Parker came out. Yeah. Well, the same people that invented Warby Parker and made buying glasses so easy, they came around and they invented Harry's. Harry's.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S, Harry's.com. Two guys passionate about creating a better shaving experience for everyone. They, the text of this says for all men. Screw that. <laughs> they got a lot of women. Taking yeah, they getting do. using these razors. You know, you know, you were just telling me how do you didn't know what to get your dad for Father's Day. I was well, gonna he, say get him this, but you already Harry's, got him a yeah. Harry's gift box. That was for Christmas. They have these great starter kits. They're fifteen bucks. She's a she's a cheap gifter. No, man. 15, fifteen bucks. You get the razor, which are these really nice razors that I'm telling you about. The handles are weighted and everything. Really awesome. Three blades of your choice. And the shaving cream or the foaming gel in this really nice kit. You can get it monogrammed for the person. And you're going to save five bucks off. This kit was only going to cost you 10 bucks. And the razors, when you get them, they're super cheap and they're sharp. Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. The code to use is GRIT, G-R-I-T, and you will get $5 off this starter kit. Go check it out. Really awesome. I'm serious. Like Harry's is the best. I want them to come back. You like this show? You want to keep going? Thank you. Harry's.com. Code is grit. Save yourself five bucks. Keep the show going. Keep our, our doors open. I don't know. I think Phil's going to be all right. I think he is too. He just needs to make that realization. See, you see how I make them a little angry at the end when I tell them? You have to so that they get See, out he there. didn't like that. He's going straight to the garage. No, you seriously, he yeah. did not like that. And it's a good thing he didn't like it. Because if he liked it, if he was okay with me saying that, and that's something every one of you can say to yourself. I mean, you can call into the show if you want. There's no problem calling the show. But the fact is, the reality of this is, tell yourself the opposite. Tell yourself what you think you don't want to hear. You're not cut out for that thing that you want to do. You can't, you couldn't possibly run your own business. A friend of mine told me recently that, that uh, they're leaving their job that they've been at forever. I mean, they were been at this company forever and ever and ever, a million years. Never going to leave. Never going to leave. They finally left. They were just going to go and try and do their own business. And someone talked sense. It wasn't me. Someone talked sense into them and said, maybe don't, don't do that. Just like find like a consulting thing and try that first. Take steps, you know? If you've been somewhere for a long time, running your own business is incredibly, incredibly challenging. Like this space that we have here, this beautiful office that we have here in Austin. We searched for like two and a half years to find decent office space. Decent as in livable. (laughs) Usable. Usable. For us, for the recording rooms and stuff that we need. And we wound up having to buy way too much space for us. 
way too much space. People, I've said this a million times before, people think that we're like a, an empire. I guess that's good. I guess I guess that it's means that we're doing really good work, but... And by too much space, we don't mean like a rack space mall. <laughs> we mean more of like, how many square feet is it? It's like a 1,700 square foot like office. that's way too much. We could deal with half of this and be fine. Yeah. Less than half. Yeah. But it was, it's the right location. It's in a good building. We felt it, you know, it's a safe area and, and that kind of thing. But we have too much space. It's like this is a huge mistake. I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's not a huge mistake. It's not like we could have gotten by with no office, and I got an office, and we didn't need one. But like everybody makes mistakes with their businesses. I should have got smaller space. How could I have gotten smaller space? Well, I could have continued to have no office or a terrible recording situation for longer, and kept looking and kept looking and kept looking. Or I could have eventually said, you know what? This place is bigger than we need it to be, but I need, I need a space that will work for us, so I will, I will do this. It's a compromise, and there's tons and tons of compromises that you have to make in your job, that you have to make in your business. That's just super frustrating. Whether it comes down to energy, man, I know what Phil was talking about, not having the energy to do stuff. I had to get my kid to school. Thank God it's summer right now. If I had to get him to school, I had to be, we had to be in the car at 7, 10 a.m. Ugh. And, you know, you might say, well, that's not that early. Like, I got class. I have to go to class or I have to get on the subway. That's fine. But at the same time, I'm not leaving work until 6.30. Right. I'm not physically walking out the door until 6.30. And then I get home and you got to spend time with your family. And then you have to eat. Then you have to put kids to bed. Like you, there's, there's so many things that have there's to happen. Chores that have to happen. Laundry that has to be done. That things that have so to be cleaned. There's so much time left to just sit in a chair. So all of a sudden now I look up, it's nine o'clock. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, good. And if I stay up like I want to and, you know, watch more episodes of a certain show or right. something or, or read a book maybe. Oh. Well, now I'm going to be tired the next day and then I'm definitely not going to be able to to have any energy to do anything else. Right. So I better go to sleep. But see, at 9 o'clock, 9.30, when, <laughs> I'm, finally, when <laughs> I'm finally starting to be able to wind down, well, that's when I need to do my back exercises and stretches and stuff. To, then you, you have know, to get ready for bed. <laughs> I have to get ready for bed. And that involves, you know, locking everything up, putting everything away, cleaning everything off, making sure things, oh, well, we got the cleaning people coming tomorrow, so we got to do the extra tomorrow. thing and prep for all that. And, oh, the kids got this thing, we got to get that set aside. And, oh, I got to take the trash down to the corner. And Right, because tomorrow is Friday. Right. Yeah. I'm lucky to live in a nice house. I'm lucky to live in a house. I'm lucky to, like, have these problems. I get that. But now, all of a sudden, you look at the clock, it's 11. It's 11.15. It's 11.30. And you lay down. And you're like, oh, wait. I got to remember to do that tomorrow. I got to do this other thing tomorrow. I got to do this other. And then finally, it's 11.30, 12 before you're asleep. But you got to be up to take your kid to school in the morning. So you're not going to get the eight hours of sleep that you might need. No. You're maybe going to get the six, six and a half hours that you might need. And you're just slowly draining and draining. Right. That happens for a day, two, three. And well, tonight I'm going to get to bed early. I'm really going to get to bed tonight early. Or you're like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed early on the weekends. Oh, right. <laughs> no. Like anyone's ever done that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a cycle. It perpetuates itself. It perpetuates itself. I'm pretty sure everyone's in the same mode, though. I don't know. Seems like a, It seems like there's a lot of people who get good sleep. 
And I was just talking to Brian Brushwood, who was... Uh, His sleep's crazy. Yeah, he's worse, I think. But he was just on Dan Benjamin Hour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we were talking about a story that, uh, that, that Americans are getting less and less sleep. And that getting less than seven hours of sleep has been tied to obesity, heart disease, sugar diabetes, you name it. Like there's proof of this mostly. I mean, this is CNN and they do weird stuff with the headlines. and They don't really read stuff, but. It's clear that you need more sleep. And a friend of mine told me sleep is a weapon. And I mentioned it on, on Dan Benjamin Hour. Sleep is a weapon. But if you think about that, what sharpens you and makes you more ready than getting a good night's sleep? You feel like you can conquer the world. You get a good night's sleep, you can conquer the world. You get a couple nights, a few weeks of good sleep. Whenever someone comes back from vacation, you're like, hey, how are you? Oh, I feel great. I feel great. Why? Oh, you know, just vacation, rested up, everything else. Well, a lot of the time, the reason that you're feeling better isn't, yes, I'm sure, getting away from the stresses of the job and the day-in, day-out stuff and changing your routine are very good things. But another big thing that people don't really realize is that they're probably getting more sleep when they're on vacation. And that just getting that sleep every night, guess what? You a little overweight? Are you a little overweight? Well, that's probably because you're not getting enough sleep. You will lose weight if you get better sleep. And if you eat too. You and Jim were talking about that. Yeah, Jim Dalrymple's big mm-hmm. uh, weight loss stuff he's been talking about, talking on, about on the loop and amplified. Meals, and he was like, "That's that doesn't help. Like right. that's it causes your body to go into like a metabolism thing and yeah. it hangs on to any little scrap yeah. of food that you give it. You've got to <laughs> eat. You've got to eat. Sleep, eat, drink water. The end. It's hard to drink the water though. I can't do it. You can't do it. I used to not be able to. I hated water. Now I can't stop. You used to drink milk. A lot of milk. It's weird. Yeah. That shows there's a problem, like a digestive problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you crave milk, that shows a digestive problem. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't drink it anymore. Howard Hughes drank a lot of milk. Yeah. I want to read, before I take this call, there's a couple of calls on here we'll get to. Two calls I'm going to get to. Before I do that, here's an email that I've, uh, I've had here that I wanted to do that came in on June 7th, so it's almost two weeks old. I will not read the person's name. I'm in a pickle. I have a good job, which pays me well, but I hate it. Every morning I struggle to get out of bed and it's affecting my health. In the past year, I've been diagnosed with both heart and stomach illnesses, which the doctors think are stress-related. I have a wife and two kids. We have a bit of debt, mortgage, car payment that ends this month, and a line of credit we're paying off, but we're mostly in good shape. My wife just went back to work full-time last fall. I was the primary breadwinner for eight years, so she's getting back into the workforce and earns about half of what I do. Here's the epically crappy part. I'm in charge of recruiting for my department. I'm good at it, and I truly think the place I work is a great place to work for other people, just not for me. I want to start consulting. I built a good website. I'm quietly promoting it, and I've already used my network to secure my first contract that will cover the first three months of my salary. I've run several businesses on the side before. All of them have failed because I didn't go all in at some point, which is what I've always said. 
I'm in my early 40s and I see my chances of starting my own business slipping away. I can't do a full court press on publicity and getting attention on my well-curated social media networks without people at work and the people I am recruiting finding out. But I can't quit without having a good pipeline of work. My dream scenario is that I get let go, but I doubt I will ever be that lucky. I need your help. What do I do? The sad thing is, I think I know what I should do, but I need to hear it from someone other than me. Think about that, though. We've talked about that on this show. Social media. Listen to Gary Vaynerchuk for eight seconds, and you will hear... He'll say the word social media. He'll say it 50 times. (laughs) And he is the king of social media. He's the king of getting his name out there. And for whatever reason, it doesn't come across as that obnoxious. If I did the same stuff that he did self-promotion-wise, people be like, Dan, you're the most uh, self-promoting jerk in the world. When he does it, it just seems like he's being cool. Right, you're like, ah, oh, Gary. He's the master. <laughs> it's because he has mastered it. <laughs> yeah. But think about that. If you're trying to start your own thing, I mean, as we've told people before, and I, I think it's absolutely mandatory, if you're trying to start your own thing, You have to engage with your potential customers, your potential clients, your potential user base, your listeners, your viewers, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're making, your customers, the people are going to consume this out there. You've got to engage with them every single way that you can. That means Twitter. That means Facebook. That means email. That means a a newsletter. Maybe that means speaking at, at conferences or going places, attending things, being out with the people doing a podcast, making a website. You have to do those things. And guess what? You want people to see them. What does that mean? That means that your coworkers are going to see them. I remember uh, when I was at uh, my, my biggest corporate stooge job ever, the one with thousands of pl- uh, employees, the uh, telecommunications billing systems company <laughs> that all the big carriers used. We wrote that software point of sale system stuff. And I had a website and on the website it was like, hey, this is this I think it was probably Hive Logic at the time. I think I was using it as my business. And I was like blogging and had a website that was like hire me to do build websites. And uh this designer, they hired me to kind of be like the I guess I was like a, a jack of all trades because I was I've never I've never had like one thing that I was really good at in the IT field. You know, like there are people who would be like, "Oh, I'm I am a Unix system administrator and that's what I do." And someone else is like, "I do design or I do front-end development or I rack up servers, whatever it is." I never had like one thing. I was I was pretty competent at pretty much everything. I was fairly competent and I was Better at some things, but I was pretty good at all of it. But that always put me in like a bad spot because bigger companies, especially in the ones that pay really well, like they want something specific. We need like an Oracle DBA. They don't want a DBA. They want an Oracle DBA. You know, they they don't want someone to come in and like write code. They want like a Java developer. Well, I can do Java, but like that's not my main thing. What's your main thing? Well, I like Java, I like PHP. There's this new thing called Rails coming out, kind of like that. I was not the person that they wanted. 
but I had managed to wrangle a job where I kind of got to do a whole bunch of things. I was like the programmer slash designer slash developer slash IT guy for a fairly large group in the organization that kind of needed someone like me to do a whole bunch of things because they... Because nobody was technical. Nobody was technical. Help us, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and coincidentally, all the non-technical people, guess what? Yeah, they were women. And I was like the one dude. And this was like late 90s. So that would be a little different now. Yeah, it would be very that. different now. <laughs> but back then, that was that was just normal. So you know, I was I was in this role and I was kind I was almost like the, the translator. Like we we want to have this thing and how does it work? And I'm like, "Okay, here's what we need and I'll go get the IT guys to do it cuz they like me." And I also on the side had like a little website I'd like I was doing like consulting and web design and web development and stuff. And one of these other guys in a different group who knew about me and I guess was intimidated and, and angry that I had a, a job there and that he was not the one who was now, you know, being tapped for all the internal design stuff. He went to our director over both the two groups that we were in and reported me. <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s, reported me. Well, Dan has a website and some other business and I found, I found it. Because like finding stuff like that, like you had to be good on the internet to find it. You couldn't just, like if I wanted to find out. If someone had a website. If someone had a website, I was just. a site dedicated to finding other sites now. Right. <laughs> some people know about it. It's called Google. Yeah. Google. Goggle. So, you know, but back then, like, you, you, he, like, fay, like, did some detective work and some sleuthing and, they like. They said, good work, Bill. Right. And then, <laughs> is, is, is this the same, Dan? I think it is. And, like, we verified that it's the same. And he went and reported me. And uh, he got, you know, they called, they, like, called me in and had to have a meeting with me. Well, what is this uh, business that you're running? I said, well, I build websites for people. Well, that's a little like what you do here, isn't it? Like, yeah, but. As you know, the stuff that I do here is internally facing stuff. It's not a product thing. It's we're we're a telecommunications billing systems company. We're not in the business of making little mom and pop websites for people in town. Yeah, we agree with you. It's no problem. You can keep doing it to the other guy's dismay. And the reason I tell that story is that back then, 10, 20 years ago, it was you could still find out that people did stuff. Now if you're at all successful at what you do, you will have a following on Twitter. If you're at all successful with what you do, you will have a following on Facebook. People will eventually hear about you. It might be a small group of people, but you know what? You'll get 500 people listening to your podcast. Any, any podcast is going to get hundreds of people listening. Think the, about that. The internet has a strange way of sifting through everything that sucks and finding little gems. Yeah. They're very good at that. Yeah. And you, you, know, you might not have a huge audience, but right. you'll have... Some people. So yeah, you will be discovered. This guy who's writing in, he, he will be discovered if he starts to promote the thing that he wants to do, his other business. He wants to start consulting. He's got a website. So he's either going to have to take the leap and do this thing full time, full on, full time, or it's never going to happen. But you owe some money. 
And he owes money. He's got a mortgage. He's got a line of credit. He's got two kids. They need benefits. His wife is working. She makes half of what he earned. And his dream is slipping away. What do you think you should do? I have an answer. And then I'm going to take some calls. Before I do that, I got to tell you about VoIP Studio by Level 7 Systems. VoIP Communications is offering free integration with Salesforce. It's a solution that delivers improvements to productivity and the quality of customer service. We talked about that at the beginning of the show, customer service. What they do is they allow businesses to make and receive calls from within Salesforce.com so that your customer interaction is seamless and simple. This improves your productivity. It enhances the whole sales experience. Extension numbers integrated with Salesforce. The right calls to the right team members. VoIP Studio with Salesforce is the easiest way to stay connected to your customers. Managing your telephone calls from inside your customer relationship management software. Better communications, better service, higher sales. Go check them out. 14-day free trial is what they usually give you. If you go to 5x5.voipstudio.com, 5x5.voipstudio.com, you're going to get a 30-day trial. It's pretty awesome. They'll even set it up for you for free. 5x5.voipstudio.com. Use the code GRIT when you're there. Support the show. Thanks very much for making the show possible. So how do let me ask you this before we get on these calls. What should he do? Should he, should he, look, he, he feels like his chances are slipping away, but they got a mortgage, two kids, need benefits. He makes twice what his wife makes. What does he do? I, I always like your idea of doing it on the side. How can he do it on the side if you can't promote it? How do you build a business that requires promotion if you can't promote it without your colleagues finding out, without your boss finding out? First thing I, first thing I do when I'm considering hiring someone, I Google them. Yeah. Look them up on Facebook. You've done yeah. that when we've oh, had yeah. people apply for this job. The first thing, Hattie, any excuse Hattie has to be on Facebook for the day, right. she's there. Remember, I'm always on Facebook. It's always on Facebook. Um, Never seen you cry like the day Facebook was offline. <laughs> I'm trying to think how I would get around that. You can't get around it. Can't create a fake name. You got to do it. You got to be you. A pen name. Can't do it. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you build a business, especially a business that needs to be visible? Right. Without your coworkers finding out, they're going to find out about him if he does this. They'll find out. That's a given. Let's just assume that. What if... Like if you said, you know what, Dan? I have this really cool craft business. You're doing... Right, the, you remember like, how you fine. did the cool leather craft stuff for, your, for the gifts you did for yep. your family? Like if you're like, I had so much fun doing, I want to do a little Etsy business. Eventually, I would find out about it. I wouldn't be... It's not because well, I would... I'd probably tell you about you it. You would probably tell me, but like <laughs> even if not, somehow right. the internet has a way... Of like you find out about things probably because you'd be like on Twitter being like, hey, I have this cool thing that I'm doing. Or someone might have bought something and been like, this was awesome, Hattie, thanks. Right. like, what do you mean? Eventually people right. find out about find stuff. Out. I wouldn't care if you did that. But apparently what he's thinking of doing, they're going to care about. They're not going to like it. So it sounds like he can't do he it on the side. He's got to make a choice. Yeah, this one, this you actually have to make a choice. He's got to make a choice. You know what I'm going to tell him? You know what I'm going to tell him? What? I'm, I'm flipping back and forth here. Because <laughs> on the one hand, I want to say, listen, if this is your dream, then you need to just start doing it. He says he's tried businesses on the side, but they failed because he wasn't all in. I've been saying that for years. You can't do a side business. You can start a business on the side, but at some point you must make a decision. And that decision is going to be, 
okay, I need to do this full time. When does your side business become your business? Yeah. At some point, it has to. Yeah. You have to quit. He can't even start this one on the side. Here's what I'm going to say. He's got two choices to make. One, start it and start promoting it anyway. Do it anyway. Promote it. Go crazy. Make this thing as much as it can be. Let your coworkers find out about it. Let it escalate into a problem. Let it become a problem to the point where they're like calling you into the office and saying, all right, what's this thing that you're going to do? Let it get there. Because Because then you know it's successful. Right. Because by the time they find out about it, then it's successful enough. And if not, you can downplay it. Be like, oh, I made that thing on a whim one weekend and it never went anywhere. And I'll shut it down if you guys want. Like, I don't care about it. Because that's all they'd really that's want. What I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to say. Then they'll think he's loyal. Then they'll exactly. think he's their best so employee you do, ever. You have, a, you have a fallback. Yeah. That's what I would do. Go yeah. do it. Yeah. That's do that. Do. do that. All right. All right. Let's take a couple calls and we'll get out of here. Hello. Who's this? Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. My name's Mike. Hey, Mike. Hi, um, so I'm from, uh, well, first, uh, hello, Hattie. Hello, Dan. Hello. Very um, excited to get to you. Love, you. love your shows. All the great shows. Huge fan. Thank you. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, so Dan, I've, um, uh, I think I've tweeted you a couple times. I am, I live in Pennsylvania right now. Yes. Um, I'm, Go Eagles. I'm, yeah. So I'm, uh, basically the way I feel is I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in this, in this horrible state of Pennsylvania. You guys need to help me get out of here. But you can go see Eagles games. You can go see Phillies games. You can watch a Flyers, 76ers. What's wrong with Philadelphia? Uh, go move yeah, to Philadelphia. You know, I- <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I fall into uh, Merlin's camp on the uh, on the sports thing, but uh, well, this is just personal <laughs> development. You just need personal development. You don't need to leave uh, Philadelphia. You just need some personal is development. That what it is? Yeah, I'll get you into yeah, sports. You know, I'll spend an hour with you, and at the end of that hour, you'll be you'll be a super fan, and then you'll be happy. Uh, I'm not. Mm, I'm not so sure. About okay. That. All right. Well, what, what's wrong? With, what's wrong with Pennsylvania? Why do you want to leave? Well, okay. So here's the thing. I was, I was born and raised here and, uh, um, it's just, it's time for me to get out. Uh, you know, I currently live in central Pennsylvania, live in Hershey, work in Harrisburg. And it's, uh, look, it's, it's basically the place where, you know, dreams and ambition go to die. Yes. I've, and, I've heard uh, about Hershey. Uh, my, yeah. And yeah, my, my thing is that I've gotten comfortable with the, with the place that I currently work at for a number of years. And it's just, uh, uh it's really time to move on, and we've had the absolute worst winter here um, this past winter. Oh man, uh, I can imagine. And so there, yeah. So there are a number of factors um, as to why I really want to move. Yeah. You know? So what? Uh, how, how old are you? Okay, so yeah, let me give you a little bit of background. Um, I'm Forty years old, uh, single, very few responsibilities, which is um, you know obviously working in my favor. Um, uh, Two bachelor's degrees, one in marketing, one in uh, graphic design and uh, BFA. And uh, like I said, I'm an art director, designer, um, front-end developer. Um, my current position is I'm a t- chief communications officer for a membership organization in the healthcare field. Okay. So, um, so it, basically, I have two questions for you. One is I feel that I have a couple of things working against me doing this long, uh, this long distance job search. One is that I'm afraid I have kind of the stink of Pennsylvania on me because a lot of people obviously have, uh, you know, um, uh, a certain perception of the state. And the second thing 
is just, you know, trying to convince people that I'm a, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm basically worth uh, taking a risk on in terms of uh, relocation. Where do you want to, where, okay. You made some good points. One of, one question <laughs> that I, no, you did. One question that I had for, have for okay. you. You're, you're essentially, you're, you're unencumbered in the right. sense that you do not, you don't have a family who's depending on you. You are sing, you're single, you're well educated. It's, do you, do you have some money in the bank? Yeah, I do. Uh, the thing is, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not independently wealthy. Um, I have, you know, a certain amount set aside. Um, the thing that, the thing that scares me about just quitting my position and relocating, you know, with the hopes that, well, when I get to where I want to go, you know, I'll find something that's, uh, incredibly scary to me. Uh, you know, obviously uh, I think understandably so. Um, and you know, I, I maybe have, uh, in terms of money that I can dedicate to, um, a move and actually having on hand if I, you know, if I were to just relocate without having a position is, you know, 15, 20,000. That's a lot. I mean, that's more than a lot of people have saved at age 40 or 50 or 60. You know what I'm saying? So here's something. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not bad, but it's still scary. No, it's definitely scary. Making a big change is definitely scary. And you've been entrenched in in uh, Pennsylvania for you know forty some years, so it's uh, it's a big deal. Um, where do you want to go, and why are you convinced that going somewhere else would be better for you? Uh, well, I do. You know, I spend a lot of time in, in different areas. You know, I have the ability to travel and to um, spend time with friends in different locations, and um, I just uh, you know having spent time in other in other cities like. You know where you guys are at Austin, or uh, you know in the in the cities up and down the East Coast here. Whether it's New York, I spend a lot of time there in DC, or on the West Coast. You know that's great, San Francisco, Los Angeles. I just, uh, for me personally, I want to be around people who are uh, really excited about where they are and what they're doing. And again, that's not that's Pennsylvania that at all. Have, that's not going to be anywhere in Pennsylvania. No, it's it, it, it's not. And I feel like I'm absolutely you know drowning here. I'm at I'm really at a point where. You know, I, I want to be in a place where there's more opportunity and there are more like-minded people around me. All right. So good for you. You've made a realization. You've been to other places and you know, and I do not think that you're kidding yourself. I think you've come to a good conclusion. I remember at one point when I was moving from Florida to North Carolina, I was talking to my aunt about it. And, uh, and she said, why do you want to move? And we said, oh, you know what? We want to be in this kind of community. We want to be in this kind of environment. We want to do this and the other thing. She said, it's all the same wherever you go. It's all just the same. And like that crushed me and like haunted me. It's not true. I just want to, I want to tell her, (laughs) Aunt Rita, you were wrong. Uh, It, it, it does make a huge difference. I think if you're at a certain point in your life where you've been married for a long time and you have kids and you're at that established point in your life where you're like thinking uh, you're real close to retirement and you know what? Yeah, then maybe it doesn't matter. But if you still feel like you've got a big part of your career and your personal life ahead of you and these things matter to you, uh, it really does Absolutely. matter. And I think I think you're in the right position. I, I think you've got to just make the change and I think you've got to put yourself out there uh, and, and start applying for you want to you. You're not talking about starting your own thing. You're talking about finding a job, right? 
No, yeah, I really, you know, I would, uh, ideally, I'd like to find myself in a position in which I'm working as, you know, an, either an art director or, or creative director, you know, where I have a team in which we're, uh, you know, a team of, of, of competent, uh, you know, talented people in which, you know, we can build things together, build awesome stuff, you know, that's what I want to do. Would you be willing to work for a small company? Uh, I think I'm better suited to a small company, actually. Would you be willing to take a pay cut? Uh, you know, this is something that I thought about recently, and yes, I, you know, my, the, um, uh, uh, taking, uh, uh, the move is really at the forefront of my, you know, uh, uh, uh of what I want to do right now. So it doesn't I mean, sound, I mean, any, it doesn't me. sound like there are any issues for you at all, because a lot of people are like, nope, won't take a pay cut or nope, won't take a job that's not, you know, lateral or, or higher up. I mean, you can do whatever. You've got no limits. Like you've answered right. everything the right way. I think. I for me, from my standpoint, is you just. I I would pick the location that you want to go most, and apply for stuff. Like go nuts applying for it. And I will tell you, that if you're an out of state candidate, you have got a challenge because every, you know, and it's it's like a I mean, running joke here. Yeah, we've talked before, about it before. Yeah. Anytime we would say, "Oh, we need oh, a yeah, no, we need a producer." You. Go ahead. Yeah, I've heard you guys address this, you know, address the issue in the past. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm still just unsure of, you know, I think you've said in the past that, that it's better to be, you know, it's, well, it's, of course, it's better to be in a location um, for the job in which you're applying. Way yeah. better. And, and I'll um, tell you why. There, there's, a, there's an unfair, it's an unfair thing when it comes to that. But I think that somebody at your level is in a different situation. And I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what I mean by that. You're doing a, a higher level job, right? You're, you're, not, you're not doing an entry level position. You're not even doing really a mid-level position. You're at a, a higher level. You're at like a director type level. Um, right. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I... I, I experience, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's valuable. And I think people who understand that would be like, look, if I was hiring somebody who's like, oh, I need someone to, I need an audio engineer. And I'm like, well, there's five audio engineers who live within a five mile radius. And there's five other ones who live in other states, even though I know they want to move to Austin. Nah, I'm going to talk to the local people first. I'm going to interview them heavily first. I'm going to completely exhaust the pool of local people. And people would say, why are you, are you crazy? What if we just want the best talent? We want the best talent, and if that talent is somewhere else and we got to move them here, that's fine. We'll just get them. We'll move them here. We'll bring them here. That's fine. Well, yeah, but it's hard to do that with a small company, and it's hard to do that for an entry-level <laughs> type position. But if you're, if you're thinking about joining and becoming part of a smaller, mid-sized company, they're really going to value you. And if they're smart, they will have that attitude of, you know, like if, if, I was, if we were a big enough company that I was like, oh, I need to hire a technology director— and that technology director was, you know, in Kentucky. I don't care if they're the right talent. I'll get them here, you know, or they'll work remotely until they right. can get here. You've just got to bite the bullet and be like, all right, I have made a decision to move. And the place I want to move is X, New York, Austin, whatever it is, Chicago, wherever you want to go. Like, make that decision and decide on it. And don't make the mistake that I made in the past when I knew I wanted to move out of Florida I was applying for jobs in North Carolina. I was applying for jobs in Seattle. I was applying for jobs in Austin. I didn't care. I was just like, I'll take any job, like anything at all. Like, give that to me. 
that's it. I would just go, oh, well, how can you apply for it? No, you have to decide. You've got to focus, focus, laser beam, laser beam, and find that place that you want to go and be like, it's New York, and not get even more specific. There are people who will tell you that creative visualization, that seeing something and filling in those details makes it more and more real. And if that becomes a tool that helps you visualize something and see something and believe more strongly in it, you know what? You were in New York. You brag about how you traveled to New York. Oh, big traveler. When you were in New York, you liked this one neighborhood. I know there's a neighborhood you liked when you were in New York. Imagine yourself there very, very tangibly. What's it like to wake up in the morning? Mm-hmm. Get What's your apartment look like? What is it when you walk down the steps? What coffee shop do you go to on your way to work? Where do you, are you get wa- your groceries? Where do you get your groceries? You know, what is it like to go to work? Is it, are you on the subway? Are you walking? You know, how are you getting there? You're going to go. Imagine all of that. Make it real. Focus yeah, on that step. thing. Not to, not, right. And not to extend the bragging, but I, I, I haven't just lived and worked in Pennsylvania. I have, I I've worked, lived and worked in New York for a little while. And, uh, so, you know, I haven't just been in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's just been the last five or six years. See, so it's I, not, I think you you're, know, per, you're the uh, perfect candidate. There's people right now listening to this who's like, listen to this guy. He's got money in the bank. <laughs> He's got two bachelor's degrees. He's been to New York, you know, and he, and, and there's people who right now who are, who are 10 years younger than you, who've got three times as many kids than you and a dog and a spouse and no money in the bank and only one bachelor's degree and they can't move. You can move. There's nothing stopping you. You could, I bet you could quit your job right now, move to New York, get an apartment and not even worry about money for three or four months while you find a job. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying try to find one now. Yeah, but like while we're bragging the, about how awesome you I, are. <laughs> well, all of a sudden I feel like I've been whining. Yeah. <laughs> You're whining to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, like get out there and, right. uh, and, 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 and do this. There's nothing stopping you. You're perfect. Well, just the way you are. This call is very apropos because I am uh, uh, tonight. I'm actually I'm working on sending uh, cover letters and resumes. You know, um, so can I ask one more question? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Uh, a smaller part of this. Sure. Yeah. So um, in a uh, in a in a cover letter, how, how do you feel? It, it, how is it best to um, uh, you know let a let a potential employer know that you're you're looking to relocate? There's a, there's so much information out there online about you know, different advice in terms of how to position it, but how would you go about it? So that's a great question. I think that's a phenomenal question. You could have called with just that because the know, other questions you asked are, are simple. Um, because some people, some people say, you know, well, use a friend or say that you're in the process of moving or others, you know, say it's better to err just, you know, on the side of being, you know, absolutely truthful. It's, it's difficult. You know what? Here's what I would do. And, and I've had people apply with this, kind of uh, approach before and here's how I would do it. So let's say that for some strange reason I didn't want to live in the best city in the world, Austin. And let's say that I wanted to live in in some other city. Um I can't even name a city because there's no better place. Nothing comes to mind. Nahadi name one. Colorado. Colorado. Denver? Uh Breckenridge? Uh, let's say like Evergreen area or maybe Boulder. Boulder. Yeah. All right. Let's say I want to move to Boulder and I want to uh-huh. go work at, you know, some company that makes fleece or something. You know, like a like a like a fleece uh, hoodie. 
I don't know work REI. Yeah, we we have we as listeners have been well informed about the uh, uh, the benefits of living in Austin. Yeah. So let's let let's say that I want to yeah. go in and move to Boulder. I would uh I would address REI or whoever company is that I'm applying to on my cover letter. I would say I currently live in Austin, Texas. I am moving or I have decided to move yes. to Boulder. And I'm looking for a job. I am looking for a job there. And mm-hmm. I could be available to begin work there. Yes, I, I would I would add one. I am single. I have you know, I have I live in an apartment. I would get personal. Right. I live in an apartment. I don't have a mortgage. <laughs> My lease ends in two weeks. <laughs> I am moving to Boulder. I would like to work for you. My resume is attached. I could be there tomorrow for right. the interview at my own expense. Right. They yep. they want to, and that is and that is the yep that that is the truth. I'm not I'm not looking for relocation reimbursement or anything. I'm just put I that in go. your cover letter. Yeah. They might give it to you <laughs> anyway. Right. But like, if you want right. to get out of there, make it easy for them. I could interview there tomorrow. Right. I could be there tomorrow at my own expense. And if they write you back, they're like, okay, let's have a phone call. I would have a phone call. Yeah. All right. I got to let you go. Thanks for the call. Good luck. I'm not at all worried about you. You're fine. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Let us know what happens to you. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. I will. I will. He's got a maid, that guy. Yeah, I'm not worried. He's got a maid. Keeping you up? No. No. Hashtag not worried. Because you were yawning. (laughs) You know, one one more call and then we gotta go. It's an hour and a half. See? Yeah, I know, you see why you see why doing this show is hard though. And it's six. Do you see why doing this show is hard? I know. Okay. Because you can't just you can't just I'm cutting it off in an hour. Because like you have to help each individual. Okay, I have person. to do that. The other thing is like I put a hundred thousand percent into this. Yeah. Right? I did do all three sponsors, which I'm very surprised and happy Okay, but about. the other the other that's all you care about is money. That's because that's your all you care about is no. money. No. Money, money, money. Money, I'm I'm Hattie Cook. I'm all about the money. Cash money. Cash cook. (laughs) So (laughs) the, uh, it's, but you know, you like you have, this takes my full, like Dan Benjamin hour, at least I can have the crutch of like, Uh, I can talk about the news. See, you're yawning right now. Well, we're in the dark. It's nice. It's not dark. It's, It's a fully lit room. The sun is out. The sun is not out. It is dark and stormy outside. Well, there's light. The lights are off in this room. I have to set the right. I can't have no, the we don't overhead have, we don't lights on the, here. The only time we have the overheads on in here is for Dan Benjamin Hour. Well, that's because it's an amazing video production. Well, it needs light. Let there be light. And there was light. <laughs> Do this one last call. But you see what I'm saying? Like people know, who people are like, oh, you didn't do grit. This takes a hundred thousand percent of my focus. At the end of this, I'm just going to fall into our Casper mattress and re- uh-huh. recover for like an hour. It takes energy. It's not like I, you know, lean on Merlin to entertain for an hour. Right. Merlin probably feels like this <laughs> after every show. All right, we'll take this last call. Get out of here. Hi, right, go ahead, caller. Hey Dan, it's a pleasure. Hey. I have some royalty, so uh, stand in your greatness, my friend. Oh, who who is this? <laughs> uh, this is Rich. Okay, well, welcome to the show. Thank you. What yeah, can I I'll what can I do brief. for you? My, my main re- main reason for calling is just to thanks. You know, I've I use grit as motivation to 
kind of start my own thing and move on. And yeah, I just want to say thanks and, and kind of get back to the listeners and let them know that it's possible. You can, you can juggle and balance a bunch of things. And if you get the balance right and set your plan, you know, you can do it. It's, it's definitely possible. So don't be afraid. Well, very good. So what did you tell me what you did? What, what is it that you did? And, uh, cause I love to hear this kind of story. So t- give me the details. Sure. Yeah. And, and we're still doing it. So I, I do have one question <laughs> at the end. Sure. Um, so I, been listening to podcasts forever and like a lot of people I decided to create one. So along that path we started finding people that also wanted to have a podcast in some sort, audio or video. Right. But they just have no they have no tolerance for the tech. They just right. they've got a voice, they have a message, they want to get it out there, but they don't want to do anything. Right. So that's that's kind of the, the business model is we'll provide them everything they need. All they have to do is speak. So that's that's kind of where we're going. And nice. my, you know my day job is corporate stoogie, right. you know, software kind of thing. Yeah. And just been kind of balancing the two back and forth. And I, I set out three different tipping points a while ago. Um, one was my day job gets too busy. Right. And sort of forces me out. Right. Um, second is my day job just lets me go. And the third one was just money. You know, the business picks up uh, a bunch of steam and, you know, and we can just move forward. So okay. one of those tipping points is here, um, which leads me to my question which is how do you convince someone in my case, a spouse that you have your ducks in a row? Like, you know, what do I show my wife that everything is there? I've got a good plan. We have potential customers, you know, things like that. And that even the one show that we do, you know, people enjoy it. Like how do we show that, you know, how do we show we got everything in, in place? I got I a, sim- a super simple answer for you. Super simple answer. And by the way, congratulations <laughs> on getting to that point. Um, well, you know, the, the three things that you identified as tipping points for a time to make a decision that they're, they're the right ones. Absolutely. So good job on that. Uh, and here's a simple answer. Show her the future. Uh, and what I mean by that is show her what the world and your life will be like when you're doing this. And a lot of the time what a spouse, and I'm not going to say a wife, a spouse in general, male or female, what they want right. to see is 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 they want to see that a your life is going to get better, and b they want to know that there's some uh, something that they can believe in, and what that comes from is security, a feeling of security. Uh, so, for example, saying, "Oh, look, I've I've got two customers. I'm making up to. I've got two customers, and look, they're they're going to pay this much money. Great. What what she probably wants to see isn't the two customers you've got now. It's the two customers you have now." The two you have next and the two you have after that and the two you have after that. And they want to see that what you doing this thing full time is going to amount to at the end of the day. She's going to want to say, oh, he'll be around more or he'll be around the same amount. But when he is around, he'll be happier or he'll be around a little bit less, but we're going to have more money or we're going to improve our living situation or I'm going to get to work less. In other words, what are the benefits, the tangible day-to-day benefits that she is going to get? And, you know, admittedly, a lot of those things are really hard to predict, especially if you've never run a business or this kind of business before. And, you know, there are always surprises, right? Like even if you've run your own business and it was one kind of business, this new one might be totally different. And the way that you're going to go about it is different. All of these things are going to be different. So, being in a situation where you can demonstrate to her 
at least some of those things, I think is really, really critically important. It sounds like she's already supportive of you, which is good, because otherwise you probably wouldn't have even started this. If she's like, don't start it, you probably would have been like, okay. <laughs> but uh, the fact that, that she supported you up until now, I think what she wants are assurances. And you got to show her the future. You got to show her the future that's to come. And you've got to show it to her in a way that uh, that she can believe in it too. And the second thing that I think you need to 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 show her is that you're looking at this not in the in a way that you've been swept away, not in a sense that you've been carried away into the dream world and you're getting caught up in the excitement of starting something new, like he always does. He always likes to talk about the new thing. Always likes to talk about how awesome it'll be. You got to prove that you've got a plan. You've got to prove that. And one of the ways that you can prove it is by setting up your own uh, limitation, your own limitations and say, okay, what I'm not doing is quitting everything that I've ever done up until this point and doing this new thing. And no, you can't be like that. You have to say, I'm going to do this for X amount of time. Right now, we have these customers. We have this business model. Here's how much money I will make between now and uh, 90 days from now. But if after at that 90-day point, I don't have another 90 days worth of income set up, if 90 days from now, I can't show you on paper, signed contracts, money coming in or in the bank, that I will be at this place in another 90 days, then I will start looking for a job that day. And you sound like a smart person. You exactly. sound like a well-spoken person. You sound like you could probably go and get another job. I'm assuming that you could. It might not be as good as the job you have now, but you'd get another job and you'd be bringing in income. You need to make that commitment to her that says, I will have this much money coming in and in 90 days, I will have another guarantee for another 90 days that this much money will be coming in. And you give her that, you show her it's a concrete plan and you show her that you're not delusional. Are you sure that you're not off in la-la land in outer space thinking everything is going to be peaches and cream, but that you have a real plan and that you're ready to admit defeat in 90 days? Have her stick with you for 90 days. And if you need to go and work at a fast food restaurant after 90 days, you'll do that. <laughs> Probably won't come to that, but it might, so be prepared. Right, right. But if, you, if, you, if you're unwilling, and people might say, well, 90 days is not enough. No. It's going to take you three months to find a job. So really, we're talking about six months here. But that's why at that 90-day point, you have to be able to say, where are we right now? You waiting for signatures on three documents? Good. Maybe make it 91 days, but you know what I'm saying. You, you need to be able to prove that what you're doing is, uh, is the real deal and it's going to work out. And setting those kinds of limits are good goals for you. And they also show her that it's not just going to go on and on and on and on. You know, like you don't want that, that, exactly. that a brother-in-law who's just going to crash on the couch for another two weeks till he finds something. You don't want to be, you don't want that to be your job. Listen, thanks for the call. I sure do appreciate it. And uh, call back and let me know what you do. All right. We'll do. Thanks, all right. Man. Take care of yourself. You Good luck. How do you do? All right. Bye. 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 Not worried about him at all. Not worried. He's fine. That's it. We better end. I know we got see it. now it got it got sunny right after that call. A little bit, yeah, a little bit sunnier. So thanks everyone who tuned in today live. The show's back. It has to be back, but it's called quit now.
the grit URLs still work. Not an amateur. But uh, I appreciate you all being here. Appreciate you listening. And there's one way, if you really do like the show, that you can make sure that it keeps going. That's visit those sponsors. They'll be in the show notes. 5by5.tv slash quit slash, what's this one? 66. 66. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Hattie is Hattie Bird on Twitter. If you want to follow us there, ask me questions there. And uh, we will be back live. You'll be able to call in next week. The show is going to be happening at this time every Friday. That's 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 Central, 2 Pacific. We'd love to get your calls. So think about what you want to talk about. Hit me up on Twitter, send me an email, or wait and call into the show. We'll be back next week.